What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, what's up, everyone, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Run Happy Podcast. Today, we are here with uh, Haptamu Cheni. Is that how you say your last name? All right. Yep. Uh, sorry. Right. Just just making sure. Um. And yeah, he's um Olympic qualifier for the marathon, uh, collegiate uh, runner. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna pick his brain a bit. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just feeling great. Ready to start my next marathon prep. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, talk to us a little bit about how you got into running, and you know, kind of your experiences. The what what got you where you are now. I didn't always run. I played soccer most of growing up. Um, what really convinced me one year, one of my friends was like, Hey, like we're all doing cross country. Like it was like freshman year of high school. Oh my God. Like, Hey, we're doing cross country to get ready for soccer season. Like if you want to come join, like come for it. So I just went and joined them. And then I had a lot of fun because like uh, the way my, my team was super deep in high school. So like I never made the travel team my freshman year, but we went to a lot of invites where there was like freshman invites and like, we were undefeated and i was just like wow this is great like that like the winning aspect was just like every invite we went to we wanted the team like we didn't necessarily win the individual title but we wanted the team because we just had a, such a depth and after that i'm like all right like i'm done with cross country i'm gonna go to soccer and i went to soccer and just like made jv we lost a lot of games and just like didn't like the environment at all and the coach was just like super rude and i asked him like hey like I was like i think i'm good enough to be on varsity like I'm better than half the guys on the varsity squad. And he's like, no, he's like, I don't think you have the talent to ever do this. But like, he just like pretty much be me. So at that point I realized I'm like, all right, soccer is not my thing. I don't really like the people or the team at all. So after that, I just went back to track and then the cross country environment carried over to track because I was training with the same people and stuff like that. So that's like, I, I really like the team aspect. So my, after my freshman year, I just had like a whole shift of like friend group kind of vibe and i really liked the cross-country vibe and those guys to this day are still one of my best friends even though we all like when are in different part of the country right now like to this day like those are probably to my wedding and stuff like that so that's why i enjoyed running more than anything else because running is not a fun thing <laughs> like you just can't go and be like oh i love this yeah but. it is it's hard it is hard to love um I, yeah and you, you got to find the i guess the, the happy parts of it yeah and like the, the culture is definitely one of the biggest things for me so yeah i definitely understand that yeah i was a similar way i like gave up swimming when i was younger instead of uh i played <laughs> soccer but yeah i gave up swimming um i was like because i hate the coaches i didn't like the people and like i had a similar like story happen to me so i completely understand but um obviously so you then started running in high school and then um so you started off in a in a community college or a junior college is what you said. So do you well, at what point in high school were you kind of like, uh, I think I want to run in college? Um, I didn't know running was like, I didn't know running. There was like such thing as like college running for a long time. Like I didn't really find that out until like my sophomore year. Um, like because my sophomore year, I pretty much went, pretty much went all in. Like I did summer training like that previous year. And like that was that was like the building block of like everything because like I PR'd, I think, in the 5K for my year from, like, over over a minute in the 5K and stuff like that. Like, And then my coach was like, hey, like, you can do this in college. And I'm like, all right, like, let's let's do it. And then, like, junior year, I got hurt. Like, I ran cross-country and I got hurt. And, like, 
my my dream of wanting to run in college just kind of like faded because like I went six months and just didn't run. And my coach, I'm like, hey, like in my senior year, he's like, hey, you need to come back and run. But by that point, I didn't, I realized like I pretty much lost like the possibility of running D1 because I didn't have any junior year track times. That's the most important part of running in high school. So my coach was like, hey, there are some junior colleges. You can go one and done, like go one year and then transfer out. And so that's where we went. I took a few D1 visits, but just like, they were all the, like the times they were seeing were my sophomore year times. So like, they were like, Oh no, like we can't take the risk on you giving you this scholarship and stuff like that. So I went the junior college route because just like not a lot of D1 teams wanted to take the risk of like, they've never seen somebody race their junior year. If you don't race your junior year, it's kind of like tough to justify. I'm like, Hey, I'm good at running. So I went the junior college route because one, it's, well, I guess I should specify the junior college that I went to is one of the best in the country. It was Central Arizona. The previous year before I got there, they won JUCO Nationals. And that there was two junior colleges by my house. One was like 10 minutes across the street. And then the other one was 30 minutes away. So I chose the one 30 minutes away because they were good as a team. And coming from a high school where we never lost a state title to go into a team that was contending for a national title was sounded more appealing to me because I knew I can contribute to that team. So I went towards that junior college route. I'm like, all right, like if I can do it in one year, become all American, I think I can transfer and go to a division one school. And that didn't go well. I DNF'd at the national championships and like the team still won somehow, but like without me. And I was kind of shocked, but the coach was like, Hey, like just keep your head up. And at that point I was trying to get some college visits at that point. And I just couldn't like, it's hard to tell coaches like, Hey, I DNF at the national championships, but I want to transfer. And yeah. that that was probably the toughest part. And I'm like, all right, like let's have a really good track season and see if we can somehow try to find a school during the summer. And track season didn't go very well either. It just was hurt the whole time. And that just started like the one injury that was like lagging just because at that point, my, like this whole time, like my Achilles has been hurting. But everybody, everybody kept telling me, he's like, oh, it's Achilles tendonitis. You're fine. Just like run through it. It'll be like painless. It will go away eventually. And I never did. Uh, by my first year, I went and got an MRI and it was a partial tear in my left Achilles. And yeah, and just, I've been running on it for so long that it's like slowly just like chipping away. And yeah, that was, that's why I chose to go to junior college because right? that was one, I didn't want to pay for school. And they were like, oh, we'll pay for your school. And that was one of the routes, the reason I went. And I'm like, and trying to see if winning a national title will help my chances of going division one as much easily as possible. But it didn't really work um i start i started keeping my eyes open on like division two schools like adam state like western colorado but i was still like like I, my eyes were only really open to like altitude schools like i was like i want to be at altitude like sea level i was like i know is not as beneficial like altitude i know you can go there and try not as hard and just train and you'll be good and that's so yeah then from there just like i emailed as many like altitude schools as possible i, I emailed nau um talked to their assistant coach for a while because they've had a couple of my teammates from high school on their team um but they're like they didn't even offer me like a walk-on position i don't think and then uh i emailed the university of wyoming i emailed uh utah valley southern utah and it was like all like altitude schools possible and then i emailed a few like outliers just just because i wanted to like one take a visit and just trying to see if i would enjoy it i went to i think akron ohio is one of the visits that i took just to see if I would I would like it in the east side didn't really I just didn't like the travel that I had to make to get down there but yeah that's fair that's fair yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, whenever you were like dealing with the injuries, um, like in college, like what were some of the things that you were doing on the side that you think like helped you get back to where you you needed to be? Um. I mean, one, I was going to PT two or three times a week, and then. That, that that was the main part like the, the first like before they really diagnosed my injury i would go into the training room every day like ice the achilles as much as possible like that reduced the pain like it never really completely got rid of it just because there's like partial tear the whole time um so i was doing everything in my power to like reduce the pain i was doing a lot of like exercises that would um, strengthen my achilles but it never really helped just because i mean you can't really just get rid of a partial tear uh, but after the surgery that like strengthening was more important than anything else after i got the surgery it was like six months i'm just like pt and after that uh i talked to my doctor and he's like hey like um so what i what i had is called hagum deformity it's just like a heel spur in the back of my heel so that was like that was like chipping away my achilles and so the doctor was like hey like your other foot has that same deformity in your heel like if you don't take care of it now like it'll bother you in the future so uh, I went back on the knife like six months later again and got the other surgery as well on the other leg. So that that also took another like three months to recover from that. And just like both my calves were like deflated. Like there was no muscle in them. So like I would literally go to the weight room, just put like a bunch of weights on the bar and just like do a bunch of like calf raises. Just pretty much every other day, just strength. Strength work was the most important part and like eccentric calf raises. I pretty much did. I think at one at one point I was doing like probably closer to like one, one, 100 or 200 calf raises every single day just doing as much as possible just strengthen the calf dang yeah because like once i can bulletproof that it just, it just everything else was done yeah also how did you like i know injury can just like almost cripple like an athlete so like how did you stay motivated uh during all this because like i mean that that is a very like not running for that long is is very hard to come back from mm-hmm. yeah um so at the same time i was getting my surgeries i was it was the same time that I uh, commit ver- like verbally committed to UVU uh, to come to Utah Valley, and I was like completely switching environments and everything. So like I didn't really have the family support either. Um, the one thing that really helped me down here is like I went and bought a bike. I'm just like fully invested into like biking because like I knew I could bike uh, with little little to no pain. And then one day I ran I ran into somebody at a stoplight like I was biking, and he's like, "Hey, like do you, like do you bike here very often?" Like. I met this dude and he just like kept talking to me. I'm like, yeah, like I just started, I just moved here, started biking. He's like, oh, let me add you to the group chat. And they just added me to a random bike group chat. And these are a bunch of dads. Like, <laughs> and so every, every day I would go bike with a bunch of like 30, 40 year olds. And that was kind of like my friend group because like, I didn't know anyone in Utah. Besides my teammates, I never got to see because I couldn't run. So like I would go to practice, make an appearance, and then like I would go bike. And so most of the time I spend with a bunch of middle-aged men that helped me get really fit because they, they were, I don't know. I don't know if it's because they were really fit or just like they had, they had really nice bikes, but like I would get dropped on like, those really? bike rides. they would go like, yeah. On Saturdays, especially they would go on like hundred mile bike rides around the lake. So I live like a mile away from the lake and like they would go hundred mile bike rides every Saturday. So like I would join them on those days. And like, I just pre- treated biking as like a running where like I would do workout, easy ride, workout, easy ride. And I would go climb. Like the mountain is like 20 minutes from here. And I would just go like, just climb as much as I could in one day. So like just biking gave me like a new outlet of just like way to work hard and just like enjoy it. And then to stay motivated, I started entering myself in bike races. 
I was just like, let me see if I can compete with them. And I did not compete with them. <laughs> Cycling is a whole different beast. I got dropped. Like, I was just like high in the back of that pack. And like 20, 30 minutes in, I was just getting dropped. That's and crazy. just, yeah, biking. Like I found a whole new sport for a while. Like for a year and a half, I was just like doing that. So you were still on the uh, the Utah Valley team, but you were uh, but you were still but you were biking while you were doing all this. Uh, so I was biking, but I was also like medical redshirting the whole time. Okay, right. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So like, really, it was so a lot of the reason you were able to stay motivated is just because like you were you were locked in mentally uh, on biking and just knew kind of that was keeping you in shape. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, obviously it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Because uh obviously you've graduated and gone on to um marathon training and uh you know, an Olympic um OQT time. So, you know, Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about like uh your uh your first your block of training leading up to your, your marathons and um what it was like to get a, a qualifying time. Yeah. Um the original plan I had in my mind, like when I was I think in May of this year, the original plan was to get the Olympic trials qualifier using a half marathon right after my 10K. Uh, so I went to Minnesota to go run a half marathon and I missed the Olympic trials qualifier, I think by 19 seconds. I ran like 63, 19 oh, in wow. my first like ever competitive, like that. And then like, I missed it just because I flew all the way down there and like I was seated 12th. I'm like, oh, like, thank goodness. Like, I don't have to lead a single like mile, yada, yada. But like, Gun went off. I look. Everybody's like looking around. Like, who's gonna take the pace? Who's gonna take the pace? And like, nobody was. So I was just like, whatever. Like, I'll take it. And like, they all just sat behind me for like ten miles, and then just took off. They, I think they closed in like ninth flat the last two miles or something like that. They got no TQ. I didn't. Really? Yeah, I was the only. Yeah, I finished third. The first two guys closed really hard, and they got the OTQ. I missed it, and I was just like really bummed because I didn't want to have to run a marathon and be conservative and just like. Cause a lot of people were telling me like, I was like, dude, like the marathon is so much easier. Like you're slowing down by a lot. So I was like, all right, like the next marathon build, I was just like focused on trying to break into 18. And then, um, but I didn't know how to like, how to train for it. Like w w what group to train for. So I was like a whole like dilemma of like what to do. And then my friend was like, Hey, like I have Connor man's phone number. If you want, like you can text him. He's like, we'll go, you can go around, work out, do workouts with him. I'm like, all right. So I texted Mance and he's like, yeah, like we'll love to have you. Uh, just come just come and we'll text you on workout day so i'd go do work workout days with them but like i mean their marathon pace is significantly different than mine so I, the only thing i was doing was like i would work out with them but different paces mike and then the coach was slowly like welcoming me and just like fluctuating the paces and he'd be like hey man so you're doing this pace and then he would be like hey hobbs like you're doing this pace and just training with them but at the same time i'm, I'm like I was hesitant because I was like hearing in the back of my head people were telling me like yeah like man doesn't really train for a marathon and like he still does a lot of track workouts he's like People like telling me in my head, I'm like, dude, you're better off just like, like getting a co your own coach and just like run, do more marathon stuff workouts. So at the same time, I'm just like in, in between two different places. I'll like go do like workouts with UVU and then I'll go do workouts with the uh, man's. So I was just like always in a weird spot. And after a while, like halfway through my training block in the marathon, I was just like, I'm going to fully commit to this. I'm going to commit to the man's workout and see what happens. So the way I don't know if you ever follow Mans or any of their group. The way they do their workouts is they train for six days. They run like 120 miles a week in six days. So they do easy run on Monday. They do a workout on Tuesday, easy run on Wednesday, workout Thursday, easy run Friday, and like a quality long run on Saturday. And they, they don't run on on uh, Sunday. And the first like three weeks, I could not adjust to that because I'm used to having two days off between workouts. And 
like those sessions were killing me. Like on, on Tuesday, we would do like eight mile marathon pace. Like we do eight miles are like your pred- pred- predicted marathon pace. So for me, it was like 503 was what I was shooting for, which is like 212 pace. And then I get Wednesday off and then we would go on the track on uh, Thursday and we would do like eight mile fatigue. It, essentially, it's just like eight miles around like, like 20, 30 seconds slower than your marathon pace. And you do that for eight miles and then get on the track and then do four times the mile at like 10K pace. And so like that, like, I would completely just blow up on the like the second workout every every every, every week, and then on and then I'll be by, fine by Saturday and just do like the longer with them. It's just like that adjustment period took so long. I was just like frustrated. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I can break two eighteen. I was having that doubts, and then like week four, things just start clicking. I would just go do an hour at marathon pace, easy run, and then the next day we'd go on the track, and I'll like four times a mile at four thirty, and then easy day off, and then we'd do like. Saturday long run, 20 miles of six flat. Like things start to click and I'm like, all right, like I was like, I don't know why I'm shooting for 218 anymore. Like, because <laughs> at that point I realized like 218 wasn't really like that would just be settling. So I was just like, I told myself, I'm like, all right, like have the mindset, like go for 212. 212 is realistic. 212 is something reasonable. Like, because like originally I wanted to try to debut at 210, but I was just like, no, like let's just slow down a little bit and just be realistic. Like the pacers at my marathon place that I went when I like, Signed up for the marathon, they had the pacers. And I was like, just go with the 211.30 pacer. And if you fade, you're around 212. So I just tell myself, I'm like, all right, like no matter what, every workout, 212 pace. So to the day, like I truly believed it. And like the first part of like, I don't know, just running something and anything you want to do, like just you have to believe it. If other people don't even believe it, you need to believe in yourself. Like, so I was undoubtedly believed in myself and just like I said, I'm going to run 212. And I mean, I probably verbalized it way too much saying that I'm around 212. All my friends asked me, like, what's the plan? I was like, 212. Like, because I was like, I don't know, five flat just felt easy. That, that was my mindset. I'm like, if I could run 448 for a half marathon, like slowing down by 10, 15 seconds per mile, it just seemed realistic enough where I can run 212. So I believed in myself and just like 212 pace. And then I went to the day of the race and I was just like, still having doubts. I'm like, do I go with the 1130 pacers? And then like at that point, I'm like, I didn't come this far. Like I didn't fly across the country just to go with a pack of like 60 men that are shooting for 218. Because like at the end of the day, it came down to like, there was one pacer at 210. And then there was one pacer at 211.30. But in that group, there was only five people. I'm like, all right, I'd rather be in that group and slowly fade and give myself like a five, six minute buffer in case I fade and like die. Like I knew I can always run 520s because when I was doing workouts, I've done multiple workouts where like I ran 520s, felt comfortable. And then did mile repeats at like 4.30, like moments after that. So I was like, I know I can comfortably run 520s. So if I fade and start running 520s, I'm fine with that. And my biggest problem still to this day, I think it is, is like my feeling. That was what I was worried most about going into the race. I'm like, all right, just don't take too much liquid. Don't do this. It was like, and then gun went off. The hardest mile of that whole race was the first mile because I was talking to people. I'm like, they're like, dude, like, I was, like, I was asking people, I'm like, how long do you warm up for a marathon? Like, it's 26 miles. So like, you can't do your normal two-mile warm-up. And... I did like, I think, what, six, seven minute warm up and then just a few drills and then gun went off. And I was just like, felt like I was sprinting the first mile. And it was like 5.05. And at that point, I was like, all right, like, and then after that point, we just clipped, start clipping like five flats for like 17 miles. And then I just had the worst side stitch you can ever imagine. And I was just like, really just frustrated with myself. And some guy was like right next to me, just talking to me. He was like, hey, man, like, calm down. Cause he, he cause like, you can tell when somebody's panicking in a race. There's like they, their breathing gets quicker. It's like, <sighs> and he's like, calm down, man. Like, so it just happened. 
just like relax and it'll go away. And just like, it didn't go away. And then like that moment you realize you start panicking and I start panicking and just being my first marathon. I was just like in shock. I'm just like, is this how like my story is going to be told? Like, I'm like, I still need to get a 218. I was like, 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 I don't know. That point I realized today is not, not going to be my day, but at the same time I need to just get to the finish line. So that just became a battle with myself. And I think the last eight miles, I averaged like 520s, exactly like how I predicted myself I would. And I didn't live up to the, my expectations or anything, but I like got, got the Olympic trials qualified out of the way. And my like ill preparedness for the fueling got the best of me because I didn't really practice my fueling as much as I wanted to. And I knew that was going to bother me. Like I didn't figure, I didn't decide what I was going to use because like there's a lot of like hydrations you can use. A lot of people use, um, uh, the morning gel mix, uh, the drink mix, and a lot of you, a lot of people are telling me to use different ones. At the end of the day, I'm like, all right, like if the morning drink mix works for Mance, works for Kipchoge, like, like that's the one I should go with. Like I trust it. Like so, then it, like the week before, I went to the store, bought a bunch of it, and I'm like, all right, this is my, this is the stuff I need to use, and th- it does not taste good. I can tell you that. Like that really? was probably the one of the, it is not no. You just have to get you like some days I would just like sit there and like put it in my drink and just like sit there and just drink it, just trying to see if I can enjoy it. It, It's not very enjoyable. What does it taste like? Is it just like really salty or something? No, it's just way too sweet. Oh, oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't like it. I just didn't like the taste for that reason. But it's like I I like sweets, but like not in my mouth for two hours. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think it's really cool that um like you um you had such a, a high goal that you wanted to hit and like it was it was uh it was more or it was, it was faster than the olympic qualifications time and like do you think that if you would have shot for just the olympic qualifications time do you think that you like would have faced the same problems and maybe wouldn't have even hit the goal because i, I know what you mean yeah i i i think so like i think i would have probably ran into the same problem with the side stitch i think that was gonna happen no matter what like Going in, like, the first mile I knew, like, the size stitch was going to be a problem. But at the same time, like, I was, I, was, I was told, like, the one thing I needed to focus on during the race was my fueling. Like, no matter what, like, make sure to get as much fuel as possible in the, in the first half of the race. Because that will help you in the second half. So, I was trying to stay on top of it, even though, like, I was taking too... I knew I was taking too much the whole race. So, because, like, I, I, feel, I have, like, these 8-ounce bottles. And I, was, I filled them to, like, 5 ounces. And at that point, I... Because you're supposed to take one every 5K. And at that point, let's see, mile it's three, six, nine, twelve. At that point of the race, I had like almost sixteen ounces of liquid in my belly. Yeah. So there's just so much stuff in there. I just like you can just like hear it like mm. mixing around. So I think in the future I'll t- maybe take like one or two, like one or two ounces less, and just trying to like do it because like my breakfast also had like. I was with my breakfast. I also took a lot of like Gatorade or like water. So like there's already stuff in there and I probably shouldn't have taken those kind of those. I should have just taken one gel. Cause like my original plan was eat oatmeal for breakfast, take a gel right before the race. I was going to take a caffeinated gel to like kick in around like the 30 minute mark. And I was going to take another gel. I, had, I also had another caffeinated gel. I was going to take out the hour mark. Cause I knew that was going to help me around like the 90 minute mark, which would have been like that mile. It's just under mile 20. Cause that's when everybody tells you like, Oh, you hit the wall. You hit the wall. Like I never felt the wall. I just, I just had so many other problems going on. Like I had that one side stitch going on so much in my head that like, I just didn't like, I got to mile 22 and I looked down on my watch. I'm like, Oh, like I didn't hit the wall. So I think in the 
future, I'll probably take a little less before the race and just depend on just picking it up throughout the race that will prepare me, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, totally. I, that was also my first one, so I wouldn't really know too much to get in depth of that one. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we can hear you speak about it. Like, it was definitely, you know, your body was probably definitely ready for more. But based on the fact you didn't hit your wall, like, it's, yeah, it sounds like a, you know, like a fueling issue. Like, because if yeah. you didn't hit a wall, your your body was totally capable of going like 212 pace. Um, and also, like, yeah. the, the fact that, like, it was your first marathon. So you honestly didn't even know what you were really expecting. And so it was kind of, I mean, it's still really uh, amazing that you still, like, you got the QT time. Uh, and like you, you still have so much room to improve. Yeah. Have you run, uh, are you training for another one uh, since that one? Or like, was that one recent or, uh, when, when's the next one? Uh, the, that was two weeks ago. Uh, I right. ran 216. And then, um, my next one will be the Olympic trials qualifier, the Olympic trials in February in Orlando will be my next marathon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. do you have, um, I know you mentioned it a little bit and you were like kind of unsure how much you should warm up and everything before marathon because, uh, you know, it's like you're about to run 26 miles anyway. So, yeah, you know, what, what is kind of like your routine and is that going to adjust in February in Orlando? I probably will adjust because Orlando is going to be a little warmer and New York, I think it was like 45 degrees. So I had like, I warmed up with sweats, jacket and everything and try to like stay warm because like the one thing about me is like, I hate the cold. So the moment I'm cold is the moment I'm miserable. I'm just like not enjoying what I'm doing. Like, so I was trying so hard to like, keep my body temperature really warm. I, I raced the first half of the race. Like, when I started the race, I had gloves, arm sleeve, and a hat on. And I was debating like whether or not to put Vaseline on my legs just to, like keep them warm. Mm-hmm. And like, so I told myself, I'm like, all right, the race will get warmer. And then you would just shut the layers. So like every, the, the race was like a nine lap race. We were doing three miles over and over for nine laps. Right. So I told myself every two laps, shed a layer and that'll make you feel fresh. And yeah, so the first lap I shed, I think the arm sleeve, the first two laps I shed the arm sleeves and then I kept everything on for, I think another three more laps and then took the hat off and then I took the gloves. I never took the gloves off because it never got warm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the future, I'll probably, and I think in Orlando it will be a lot warmer. So I don't think I'm going to need arm sleeves. I'm probably not going to need gloves. So I think the warmer races, I think I'll be fine. I think I'm going to enjoy the warmer races being from Arizona. Like all our state meets are like hundred degrees. So like, I'm, I love the I love the warm. I think I'll be fine in Orlando. I think eight to ten minutes will probably where my warm up will be. The tough part was the drills part. I didn't know what drills to do. Like, because in high school we would warm up an hour before the race, and just, I was told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And the marathon, no one's ever taught me anything. Like watching the pros and see what they do. Like it's inconsistent in what they do. Like on workout days, I don't. I've never seen any pros warming up on race days. So I wouldn't know what they do. Yeah. Um, so like, I think, I mean, what from watching man's warm up, like, I mean, I practice, we warm up three miles. So like, that's nowhere near for race day and mm-hmm. just watching their straw while they warm up, like I think a mile and a half before their races. And I don't know what drills they do. So I'll, I'll probably be a learning curve to that still. Um, yeah, I probably will ask a few people. I've asked a few people, like, I think I don't remember who I asked. I've asked one of my old coaches, I'm like, Hey, like before a marathon, like how far do you warm up? They don't warm up at all. Like uh, really? Stefan Hassan does not warm. His, uh, his Stefan Hassan does not warm up at all. She's like, oh, I treat the marathon as a warm up. Wow. Like, she didn't warm up once. Yeah, and like that's that's what threw me off when I was asking her. I was like, Hey, do you warm up? And she asked me like, Do you cool down after a marathon? I'm like, Well, I'm hoping to. Huh. Like, 
Yeah. She's like, no, she, she does not want to run more than 26 miles. She's yeah. Like, I'm running 26.2 and that's it. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Cause I think my hips and just like my body, it feels need to like have something going before. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But, I think I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I used to be, uh, where I was like, I didn't like warming up cause I kind of like getting loose, uh, on my run and like, kind of like feeling that like my body's or my muscles loosening up. Uh, I don't know why, but like, I, I kind of enjoyed that. But, um, once I started, like, I guess getting a little more competitive with running, I d- like kind of made that the executive decision to, uh, uh, to start like, you know, just trying to get warm before the race and, you know, and it, it, it improved my, my times. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with all that. Um, but so you also ran the 10 K, uh, in Oregon, uh, not too long ago. And, uh, can you tell, I guess us a little bit about how that went for you? Yeah. I mean, I threw my name in the, cause like I ran 2840, uh, during my track season and I just threw my name in the, the U S 10 K championships. I'm like, all right, like if I get it, it'll be great. But if I don't, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, and the trials I believe was in like late June and the half marathon I wanted to run was early June. So I knew it was going to be like up in the air, but I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't get, I wasn't going to find out about the trials, like the U S trials 10 K into like the week before. Cause that's when they make the official uh, entries. So at that point I'm already trained for a half marathon. Like I slow down from my 10 K pace to half marathon pace and stuff like that. And I ran my half marathon and I got home and the entries came out and I found out that I made it and I'm like, Oh shoot. Like I wasn't planning for this. And yeah, I was not prepared. Got lapped by the pros. Probably, I don't know, one of the worst races I feel like I had did. The gun, gun went off. They were, they were running pretty much my race pace. Like my, they were on 2840 pace from the gun and just wasn't prepared. And yeah. I blame myself for that one. And it was like 4th of July weekend. Oh yeah. No, it was 4th of July weekend. So it was like early June, early July was when USA's was, uh, it was a great experience. I'm not going to lie. Like I loved every moment of it. And I went with some friends and got an Airbnb and just like drove down from Portland. Uh, I would, I would love to have more like moments like that. Cause I spent a lot of my career just, hoping and wishing and watching those races and one day wanting to be in it and just like being in one was just a surreal experience and so yeah like one of the one one of the things i want to achieve track season of this upcoming year is i want to make the final again for the 10k and i know it's gonna take a lot faster time so that's one of the other things after i finish my marathon i want to get back on the track and try to see if i can run because like that's what i was debating this year whether or not because i still have college eligibility and i was debating whether or not to come back and try to run a 10k but I think that would affect my marathon training for the next marathon I want to do. So yeah, I, that's the plan for what I want to do next year as well. I gotcha. Also, um, well, how much, el- uh, yeah, sorry, how much eligibility do you have left? Uh, I just have one year. Okay. Uh, would you go back yeah. to Utah Valley? Uh, probably not. It's, I think, I don't know. I, I don't want to go back just because I think I've, reach the ceiling for that program at least because towards the end of the year like me and the coach were not really seeing eye to eye on like some certain workouts and stuff like that because like when i ran my 2840 like most of the workouts we did i didn't really agree on like because like i wanted to do more stuff like near race pace and longer reps i wanted to do 2k 3k repeats at 10k pace at altitude and the most we ever did was like mile repeats and right. what what changed this year was I, when I was running with the pros is like we do two, three, four mile repeats, like 
and those are like slightly faster marathon pace and like probably the this is the fittest i've ever been my entire life like and that's the one that kind of stuff i wanted to i want to do because like my strength comes from like these big endurance workouts and like i don't have this the same wheel i used to have when i was younger where like before my Achilles surgery i guess like before before that i was able to like close in sub 60s now i can't close in sub 60s but i can close in like 204 like i can close back to back like 62s um so i i have an insane amount of strength which leads to like almost a kick but it's not really a kick it's just like a long wind up kick uh-huh. so yeah so i probably that's one of the reasons i didn't want to go back to college is because like i knew like i didn't want to be that guy that just like would butt heads with the coach again so that's one of the reasons just like i just do what i'm doing right now and it should work for track season as well and i don't have to race i guess the smaller meets like that i don't want to as well i can just race whatever i want to race like this cross season like I went to, I think, two cross-country meets this year. I, w- I raced at that home meet. I ran, I think, like, I ran 14-14. I've never broken 16 at our home meet before. Like, every year, I would just, like, blow up on the course. And then uh, I went to California to race in AK again. Somehow, I ran my PR uh, with, like, 90, like, I think it was 80 miles under my legs. Like, still training for a marathon. I ran 23-30. I was just, like, in shock. I'm like, wow, like, this strength is, like, the m- most I ever had. You know? So, yeah, yeah. For that reason, yeah, just for that reason, I was like, what I'm doing right now is working. I don't need to just change things again because I've already changed so much to do what I'm doing right now. To going back to a different program training because that training is again like they do two workouts a week instead of three, and once you adjust to like the, doing workouts every other day, it's kind of like it's hard to go back to two workouts. It, it is very demanding. It's like because like they can ha- the pros can handle it because they don't have a job. If you have a job, it's a little harder because you can't really on your, even on your recovery day. You can't. It's hard to recover if you have to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you're talking about like all of this, um, like just just a lot of getting used to running or like getting used to change and uh, everything. Because it seems like that's one of the the most things that you've done uh, this past couple of years is just a lot of change in workouts and warm ups and uh, just mm-hmm. and running in general. Like, uh, and so what's something that like was just kind of, uh, something that helped along the way that just kind of made things a little bit easier for you to like, um, adjust everything. I think for me, it was just trying to do, just try not to do it all. Like I hate being bored is a thing. So like, I'm always, even on my easy days, I'm like, all right, like, what do I want? Like, what do I, what, what should I do? Like, should I go for a hike? Should I do this? There's like, just relax and just like do something home like at home just something calm like i don't know paint or just like go ahead just do something like even on my recovery days or on workout days trying to do calm easy on your body kind of activities yeah because like i'm the guy that will always want to go do like i don't know some out of pocket things and that would always get me some sort of injured or just like makes me really fatigued the next day or like keeps me up until like one in the morning so just emphasizing your recovery days, I guess, is the, the most thing I've noticed is like to help me out. Cause like even on my easy days, I'm running, I think the, the least I run is like 12 and the most I run is 15. So like I stop, you have stuff to keep your mileage high on easy days. That's because you can't really do 20 on one day and then only do like six or seven the next day. Yeah. Mileage doesn't really add up. So just doing less and enjoying doing less is what I've learned to do the last couple of months. That's really cool. Do less um, outside yeah. running. Yeah. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have to agree with you with uh like 
I, I, uh, I feel like I'm the kind of guy that will also do out of pocket things. I mean, we're also in college, so you know, we do, mm -hmm. we all do kind of some just random stuff sometimes, uh, and then pay for it later in running. Yeah, recovery is definitely a big part of uh, what we do. And I don't know what kind of recovery things do you like to prioritize. Um, I got used to. Well, I was like spoiled when I was in college, where we would get like weekly massages. Oh, wow. and yeah, so. I got used to like just having like it was like 10 15 minutes massage session so like after like super hard workouts i would go to the massage therapist and just get massaged and that was probably the most beneficial thing to keeping me healthy and i haven't been doing it as much just because i have to pay out of pocket now because i'm not on the team anymore but i think massages are very beneficial because they prevent injuries like I mean, you're going in, like, I didn't have anything bothering me when I, when I would go see the massage therapist. I'd be like, hey, like, what's bothering you today? I'm like, well, nothing's bothering me. I just wanted to, like, flush out my calves because I, I, mean, I have I have somewhat of back Achilles. So, like, you would just make sure it's maintenance work pretty much is what we're doing. And I would, I don't really like ice taking ice baths. Like, my high school coach always told us, like, only do ice baths when it comes to championship seasons because, like, you want your body to get used to, like, the inflammation and, like, recovering itself. So I've always never really took ice baths unless like I have a race coming up that week, stuff like that. So I don't really take ice baths. Uh, I have, I try to foam roll my arches, my foot, like just like pretty, pretty much everything is just preventative. Even if I'm not hurting anything, I just try to prevent everything as possible. So just staying on top of my body, like just throughout the year, just always doing, doing the same repetitive motion, just making it a daily habit is pretty much what helps me stay recovered and ready to go for the next session. I got you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like we do a pretty similar thing here. We we actually like we do a lot. We, I mean, we have a lot of time, so we're able to roll after practice um quite a bit. And also, uh, for those of us that do like ice baths, I know the team's pretty split on that right now. Actually, um, there's one at the like the health plex we have on our campus, so that's that's pretty nice. But yeah, I mean, just trying to stay healthy is always important. But um, I guess we're get we're getting to that time where we may have to wrap it out in a second. But I think the last thing. I want to ask you is um was there a significant person kind of in your life that um pushed you uh to be to be as best as you can be in running or in just you know as a person I mean I mean I would probably like none of this would be would have been possible with like without one of my friends like out of high school uh we don't really talk as much anymore actually we don't really talk at all he's the reason that I started running we me and him had a lot of things in common and he pretty much I don't know who's my mentor for a long time. I, I, I don't think he'll ever see this. I don't think he has social media anymore. His name is like Xavier. And he probably made the biggest impact in my life. It was just like, cause like even in high school, I was struggling with like enjoying life and trying to like figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I mean, if it wasn't for him and his friendship, I don't think I would have ran in college. I don't think I would have done sports at all. I mean, he was the one that started off for me. I, I mean, I hope he sees this, but I don't think he'll he'll ever see this. <laughs> I mean, that is that's really cool. And uh, I mean, like, so I mean, sports has had that big of an impact on your life. Uh, like, what are what are some some of the key takeaways that you've like gotten from it? Uh, for me, I think it's more like it's running. Well, I guess I'm not running. Just sports in general. Like the hard work you put in will eventually pay off. It, it may take months, or it might take some years. In my case, it took two years of just like just being in the background in the shadows just like hiding and just like and then finally just like one race is just like, just like everything clicked and like you just have to wait for your moment to shine i guess it just 
it may not happen today. It might not happen in the next couple months, but there, everybody has their moment. Just, just work hard and it will eventually pay off. Yeah. And like, I, I know we, we did kind of talk a little bit about this earlier, but like, I mean, I just, it, it is, I think a, a very major thing on what can cause some people to just quit the sport or just quit athletics in general. But like, I mean, like waiting for that time is, is really hard for some people. And like, I mean, like, is there any anything that helped you got get through it? Rather I think than, just enjoying the, the process, cycling. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just enjoying the process and just like the friends and you meet through it. I mean, some people don't even see success until they graduate college and like run post collegiately for another year or two. Like then your breakout season might not happen in college. Like your breakout season might be after college. Like a lot of people don't see success in college. Like, I mean, I'm trying to figure out who, but like there's been plenty of people like, that aren't good in college and are will be even better as pros. Like I don't think I, I, I would consider myself a good college runner. I never made an NCAA final. I never made an NCAA championship. Like I never got past the regional championships in track, cross country at all. Like, but I know I can make a significant impact and hopefully in the road racing scene coming up in 2024, 2025, like I plan on doing this at least until 2028, the trials. Yeah. Um, so it's it just, you just have to figure out what your strength is. Once you figure, figure out what your strengths is, like focus on that and just find the people that will help you achieve that goal. Is, I got gotcha. Yes, yeah, so really like just like having a really strong mindset, um, and just realize or like I guess realizing that like everything's gonna work out eventually if you just keep putting in the effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. This has been another episode of the Run Happy Podcast with our guy A. Hobbs, man. We enjoyed having you on. I hope you enjoyed being on with us. And we will catch everybody next time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.